talk with Freemas. So today, or should I say tonight, we're doing it a little late, not too late, because normally it's 7 o'clock, um, but we're doing it at 8.30 tonight because our guest had some prior um, engagements. So he is a returning guest. However, we did have some technical difficulties in the past, so we felt like we need to bring him back on to continue to share his story. So I am not going to hold you guys any longer if we can bring on our guest, Jay, and I'm not going to mess up his last name. <laughs> Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. I played nose tackle, played middle linebacker, played outside linebacker. I started every single position in the box um, for at least one game in my college career. So uh, versatility, I definitely feel. Uh, any team, if they need me to gain weight, I'm to gain weight. If they need me to lose weight, I'll lose as much weight as they need me to lose. Yeah, I started my mission here, actually. It's crazy. Well, just being here in this room, last time I was here, I was taking, taking a tour. Um, it's about four years ago. Um, so, you know, just talking to some of my commanders that I had back then, you know, they're all just saying it's so crazy that I'm back here, um, just in a whole different setting. Um, it's, it's just unreal, but very um, mind-blowing to me. You know, I'm very grateful. And look at me, I'm looking, I'm all close to the camera. <laughs> so just in that moment, how did it feel to have all them cameras? I mean, you know, the mics in your face and you seem so laid back. <laughs> I think uh, just the setting and, you know, seeing a bunch of other guys that you look up to through it years prior. You know, you kind of just study and, and see how they respond. And so you want to have good answers, mm -hmm. especially at the combine, right? Um, everything that you do from right when you wake up to right when you go to sleep, everything's being watched and analyzed. So, you know, you want to make sure that you, you're calm and uh, composed under pressure. Okay, okay. So the last time you were on, um, I know I think like COVID and all this stuff was going on. But before we get into that, um, can you just give a recap of I see that you were a um, former pro um, ball player. Was that in Japan? Where was that located at? Yeah, so last year I played um, football overseas out in Japan. Um, that's where I was able to kind of get back into the game of football. Um, for a couple years, I was not playing football was just kind of um, trying to get my life back together from after football. You know what I mean? So right after college, um, my first 
stint at being a professional athlete was with the 49ers. Um, I went from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I was with them for a couple months, and then I got um, released and got picked up by Oakland um, and then was there for a little bit, then got okay. released and was picked up by Washington where I finished off the season. And then after the season, um, I signed with the Steelers. But it's just been a fun journey, um, and it's been surreal just – looking back at, you know, some of these videos um, at the beginning right. of the clip, right? That was that was real legit. That was cool. Um, so it, it's just surreal just to see how all that all of that played out. It was it was a fun ride for sure. So with all the opportunities, um, oh, I hope we didn't lose them. Can you see me? I, I'm still here. It looked like we were having some. Can you hear me pretty good? Can y'all yeah, hear can us hear. out there? <laughs> Hope y'all didn't hear me yelling <laughs> to my kids. But it seemed like we having some technical difficulties. But what I wanted to ask was with the um, teams that you had the pleasure of playing with, like uh, – which team would you say that you would definitely would like to like take it out with, stick with? And I hear the Steelers are doing very well now. Is that accurate? Because honestly, I don't I don't follow too that well. A, they are a great team. Um, honestly, I I really wasn't that in Pittsburgh for too long, um, so I can't say if if I wanted to stay there. It was I mean while I was there, it was a cool vibe. You know what I mean? Um, I liked the I liked PA. I liked how everything was close. Um, but Washington, I had a lot of fun over there. Okay. Um, I grew some connections with some people and, and gained some relationships that I still hold dear to me today. So um, that was a place that I really liked being, and and it was fun while I was there. Okay. Like, how did all this start out for you? Like, were you um, – and I seen on the clip that you said you toured the place where they were doing it. You toured the place where they were doing the interviews and everything. But how did it actually start for you? Like from high school, did they have scouts come out to watch you guys or you actually put in the work, you know, and put yourself out there, right. the videos and all that good stuff? No, that's a great question. Um, I was super blessed in the area that I grew up in um, just because we had a lot of really good athletes coming out of this area. Uh, my high school, my senior class, we had 12 guys all get D1 scholarships. Um, to play football and oh, in the state of Utah, that's, that's not, I mean, that's impressive, but compared to other states like California and, and Texas and stuff like that, you get, you know, some crazy scholarship numbers, but, uh, coming out of our school in, in our state, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of new, um, to have that much talent come off of one team. So it was, it, it really just started there where I had some really good players around me. They brought in scouts. And so these scouts from these schools will come in and, They'll evaluate the athletes and talk to, you know, their family members, um, talk to the coaches, talk to the administrators, just to try to get a, you know, an idea of who this kid is. Um, and then they kind of make their decisions as far as whether they, you know, want to bring that guy in for, you know, a recruiting trip or um, they want to start recruiting the kid where, you know, the coaches will start coming out and talking to the parents and show their interest. And so it's kind of like a game of, of cat and mouse. Um, so to speak, where, you know, they're chasing, they're trying to give you um, everything that they can to get you to come to their school. And so it's it's a fun process for sure. Um, and I was blessed to have a lot of other players around me that were going through the same thing because 
we were kind of bouncing off, you know, where we would be going um, if we wanted to stick together, if we want to go, you know, elsewhere and pursue other things. Then um, that was that was kind of how high school was for me. Um, after high school, I uh, signed with Utah State where I went to school um, right after high school. I was like I graduated and then I had like four days to kind of hang out with my friends and stuff like that. And then it was straight to football right after that. Um, and that was a fun transition for me. It was a hard transition, but um, just being that young and, and going to a program where we were in a building stage, um, they had been losing a lot for years before I got there. So that year we had a new coach that was in his second year um, contract. And so he wanted to come in and kind of um, dig out all of the old, you know, coaching um, philosophies and, and kind of players um, and then bring in his own, right. you know, kind of scheme and, and system. So um, I was a part of his first recruiting class wow. that was there. And so we had a lot of guys that came in and we were expected to play. And so that was that was really fun being a freshman, being that young and, and coming in and being expected to um, compete and not only compete, but uh, contribute to the team. That was that was really fun for me. And I learned a lot of lessons that year, especially from. Um, coming in high school and not taking school too serious um, and then going to college where, yeah. you know, my coaches, they're, they're on you. You know what I mean? Like you got to go to class. You got to sit in the front of the class. You, you got a hat on, take your hat off, turn off your phone. It's, it's right. 100% straight to the teacher. And so um, that was fun for me to learn because I had a lot of older guys that were really good mentors and, and leaders around me. So um, I got to learn from a lot of, of really good men. Uh, um, how to be on the field, um, but also how to be off the field. Right. And it's important to conduct yourself in a manner where, because um, you're always re- representing someone or something, you know what I mean? Um, and you want to be able to Absolutely. just, you know, make sure that people get that vibe from, from people that are like you so they can expect that. So um, I had a lot of guys that were showing me the ropes in college and I've spent my first year there, then I left um, and I was, planning on going on an LDS mission after my first year, my freshman mm-hmm. year. Um, so I came back. I didn't end up leaving on my mission and I went back to school. Um, I was away from school for like four months, I want to say, um, and then okay. decided to go back and then went back to school, um, played out my sophomore year. And then right after the season, I left on my mission. Um, I was on my mission for uh, in Indianapolis, which is the video where I was talking about how it was mm-hmm. the last time I was there. Um, I served my mission there. I served in the downtown area um, and right okay. outside the downtown area, my whole mission. And so it was a lot of fun just to kind of see like all the buildings and just some of the streets. I was driving up and down the streets um, with some of the other guys that were there um, at the combine right. with me. And I was showing them, you know, like there was like a... Um, I can't remember uh, this chicken spot, but it's like a national chain, but it's nasty. But you got to take them, you know, like everybody that comes to Indianapolis, like all the people that were teaching, we just take them there and see what they thought, you know, because like there are people from Indiana that love that place. And it's like, it really is gross. But people in Indiana, they love it. They <laughs> like when you say a chicken spot, what do you mean? Like a, a chicken coop, like a place they raise chickens or or what no, do like you a mean? Fast food, a fast food place. <laughs> a, fast a fast food, food spot. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you say guy. gross and nasty, I'm like, maybe he's talking about what they rate. So, <laughs> okay, okay. I just... 
no, 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 no. But this place is is gross, right? So uh, we take people there, and I was taking my guys over there, and they were like, one of them like almost threw up. It was so funny. And then oh the other guy, God. I was with two other people, and the other one, he was like, "Man, this is the best thing ever," and we were just cracking up. So we gave him all the food, but it was it was hilarious. So just being over there was a lot of fun for me. Um, and then I, I got to learn a lot about myself, um, kind of grow right. a little bit older and more mature. Um, when you're on your LDS mission, you have a companion with you always, um, because in the scriptures, they believe okay. or we believe that um, you should always be teaching in two. And so you kind of just have that, you know, brother there. That's always there for you if you need him, mm-hmm. um, if you want to talk about something. Or most of the time you're dedicating, I guess I would say 100% of the time you're dedicating yourself to teaching others. Right. Um, you know what I mean? The scriptures and what you believe as far as the Bible um, and the Book of Mormon. But um, that was a really fun experience for me. All of my companions, they were a lot older than me. Um, mm-hmm. The age threshold is like this 25. And yeah, <laughs> well, it's not usually like that. Usually um, you go out when you're 18. And so all of my companions, they were a lot older. Um, most of them, they had, you know, their degrees. They were done with schooling um, and they were kind of, you know, had their head on. Right. But they just wanted to serve a mission just to um, you know, give back to their to God. So um, all of these mission companions that I had were a lot older than me. So I I had to learn, you know, a lot of patience because I was younger. I was a knucklehead, um, just already playing two <laughs> seasons of football. You know what I mean? I kind of, I thought of myself a little bit, you know, I was feeling myself a little bit too much, um, to be honest. <laughs> and so, you know, they, they put me in check and it was really good for me to um, humble myself down. You know what I mean? Um, and really just be thankful for things and, and not be so, I guess, boastful <laughs> so um right, right. after my mission after my mission i came back um and my dad had cancer and at the time i had my other brother out on his mission and so why in our church when you go on a mission you got to pay ten thousand dollars it's something like that it's, it's around that range you pay a certain amount to go on your mission um and so my parents with my dad having cancer they were paying for two missionaries to be out at the same time and it was tough for him um my dad, we come, I mean, we come from, from like blue collar, hardworking um, people. My mom, she's just been like a, a straight hustler. Just, I mean, when I was little, there was a point in time where she was selling on, this was like back in like the nineties, in the early nineties, she was like selling stuff online. And she was like, she was just getting a mm-hmm. hustle on selling things. I remember at a point she was selling like these Gucci belts. Um, she was selling some Jordans. We lived in California in Fairfield. Uh, as Vallejo County. And so she'd be out there just mm-hmm. selling J's, um, doing anything just to make some money. She was a, also a travel agent. Um, and so she booked people's tickets um, that were going back to New Zealand. Okay. And so she was, she was doing that for a while. So, you know, she, um, I mean, she's like a salesman at heart. She's, she can sell anything. Um, and so having her raise me and my brothers and sisters, and then my dad, um, he's, he works in the steel industry. He's a steel salesman. Um, so to kind of put into um, perspective the type of person he is, we lived in California right? Um, and he would drive from California here to Utah um, every weekend, every week. So he would drive on Sunday night, oh. get to Utah on Monday and then fly or sorry, not fly, but drive back to California um, Thursday night and then spend the time with the family and then 
be right back on the road. He did that for a couple of years. And so he's a wow. hard working man, taught us, taught me a lot, taught me, you know, everything is that you gain is through hard work um, and persistence and you got to stay at it. You just got to keep on grinding and the good blessings will come. And so um, having him, you know, kind of raised me and my mom or my mom raised me as well with my brothers and sisters. It was fun. I come from a fa- a big family. Um, I'm one of seven. And so, you know, it, it gets a little crazy at the house sometimes, especially I had a younger brother that was um, a year, I want to say like 14, 15 months older than me or younger than me. And so um, having yeah, him uh-huh. there and he's competing with me, he's like the golden child of my family, right? <laughs> So like this, oh. this cat, <laughs> this cat, he went to Stanford on a football scholarship. Um, and so my parents love him, but he's, he's a really smart guy and um, someone that I definitely look up to. He's a, he's definitely an, an idol to me. Um, and someone that I learned a lot from. Um, and so, you know, that's my guy, but um, going back to my family, the rest of my family, you know, we um, were a big family on, on athletics. Um, my older brother, he played football at Dixie. Um, and so kind of growing up and trying to follow him, um, that's kind of what, what put me right. into football in the first place. Um, and then, you know, my other brothers followed after that. Um, my older sister, I have two older sisters. One of them, she went to a Weaver State. If you know Weaver State, I don't know if mm-hmm. any of our basketball fans with Dame Lillard, he went to Weaver State. So it's a small school here in Utah. Uh, but my sister was there playing rugby um, in college. And so she was out there. Um, and then I had another sister. Um, she was big into sports as well. And then there's me and my younger brother that went to Stanford. And then I got another younger sister. Um, she plays softball at Utah. Um, and okay. then I have a young, another younger brother. He'll be going to the University of Utah starting in January um, playing football. So and you so have a family full of athletes. Trying to be. <laughs> trying to be. I think, and, uh, and, and I guarantee y'all are all competitive, very. <laughs> oh, too competitive sometimes, I think. Gets us into trouble, but it's all good. It's family at the end of the day, you know. What right. I mean? So how mad could they really get, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I hate to see game night in y'all house playing Monopoly or something. Man, honestly, <laughs> it's my sisters. Like, my sisters get after it. So it's those ones you got to be careful for, not the guys. <laughs> Oh, goodness. How did, um, being that the world is opening back up and I hear that it's supposed to be shutting down again because of the cases, but did that affect you guys any over there in Utah too bad or how is it over there? Um, so the, the state we had, we just barely had a, um, government mandate for masks, um, here in the state. And so Utah's, um, numbers are climbing and they're rising. So they're one of the most dangerous states I was reading the other day, like, one of the hot spots in the nation. Um, wow. And it's honestly, it's, it's really not um, a surprise <laughs> because people here, they kind of, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say they don't care for it, but they kind of just um, doing their thing. thing, you know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of frustrating, but then you, you kind of understand, you know, that it's people, they have free agency and they want to do what they want to do. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll, they don't pay my bills, so I don't really care for anybody else. You know what I mean? That's um, true. Just got to protect yourself a little more, you yep, know? For sure. And so, I mean, with me playing or uh, coaching at the at BYU, um, it's, you know, it's pretty imperative that we kind of stick to these rules because these mm-hmm. young men, they're in football season. And um, I'd hate to be someone that came in with, you know, COVID and, and spread it yeah. to other players, you know? 
um, ripping Absolutely. those players of opportunities that could, you know, get them paid and, and taking care of their families in the future. So um, they kind of expect us to just adhere to all the laws and, and regulations and policies. Um, and then also the suggestions, just trying to be extra, um, I, so to speak, I guess. Um, and which is fine with me, you know, if, if anything that will lower the risk for these players, um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, you know. I think these kids deserve a, a great future, and so uh, football can do that for What's you. What's the age range of the of the players you're coaching? Um, so we get guys that are 18, um, 17, um, all the way up to 22, 23. Uh, Is it hard coaching, coaching a younger you? <laughs> no, no, I love it, honestly. <laughs> Especially being at the college that I'm from, these you know these young men that most of them they go on missions and they come back and they're a little bit more mature and um, they kind of okay. you know understand what they want to do and you know how right. to, how to do it. Um, and so you know these kids, you know watching how dedicated they are, um, it, it really just fuels me up to try to be the best that I can. You know, if I can help them with some play or something like that or give them a look that. Maybe they didn't see um, or they weren't looking at a play in a, in a particular angle that I was looking at it. Um, then I want to help them out just to see, you know, just to see the blessings that come from from those guys balling out. You know? So it's fun. I love it. Do you ever run across um, a, a kid that doesn't have like the off they need or they feel like they're just not motivated? Like what would you tell someone that, you know, came on the team and, you know, they're like, man, I just, I don't think this is for me. I don't think I can't do it. Or, and you see the potential in them, but they just, for some mm -hmm. reason, something's holding them back. Like, how do you set them straight and let them know, hey, you can do this. You know, this is for you. Right. Or how do you tell them vice versa? It may not be for them. <laughs> no, that's a great question. Um, I think it, it's really just, you got to build that relationship and that trust, you know, with these young men. Um, if you can build a positive, um, image of yourself in their head and you can be trustworthy to them and you help them out, they'll help you. And so that relationship grows. And so when you say something where, you know, they got to, they're struggling and they come to you and they're just looking for, you know, anything that will help motivate them, you know, they, whatever you say, it doesn't matter. Right. They're going to take it to heart and they're going to run with it. And so it really is more in the relationship building um, whereas like you got to take time with these players, you got to talk to them, you got to hit them up, you know, message them, see how they're doing stuff like that. Um, and then these players will respond when you say stuff like, you know, this is what you need to be doing in a heart in hardships or, you know, times of, uh, you know, trouble. Um, and so it's, it's really just, right. you know, making sure that these kids trust you. And when you say something to them, they'll, they'll respond. Um, at the level of, of trust that they have for you, I believe. Right. How did you um, find yourself staying out of trouble and not following the wrong crowd and going down the wrong, wrong path? Like, how did I mean, you I maintain that? I definitely had my, um, my uh, I guess, what am I trying to say? My time of rebellion, <laughs> I oh, guess. Um, yeah. Back when I was a freshman, I got kicked out of school um, because me and some some of my friends, we were doing hood rat things with my hood rat friends. Have you, if you've ever heard that, uh, um, what's it called? That that the saying, term. you know, me the term. Yeah, my, me and my friends we were mm -hmm. making trouble, um, getting in fights all the time. Just 
really just kind of not caring about anything, you know what I mean? Just trying to be tough guys. And so um, we had this grand idea to go to all these schools um, and like of our rivals, right? Because the area that I have, that I'm in, all the schools are pretty close to each other. I mean, within a couple of miles. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess I'd say like 20, 15, 20 miles from each other. So they're pretty close. Okay. Um, and so the rivalries are thick around here. And so, you know, we, we decided to go to a bunch of schools, our rivalry schools and, you know, spray paint, you know, our town on their schools and then bust oh, out wow. a bunch of windows and stuff like that. And so I got in trouble. Um, and then I went to juvenile detention center and I was there for, uh, for a little while. And while I was there, um, I kind of decided for myself, like, this is, this is not where you want to end up if you keep on doing these types of things, you know? Right. Um, you got to do something with your life. You got to make sure that you represent yourself in a manner where your parents will be proud of you. Um, just seeing, like, I Absolutely. remember getting arrested and my mom, like they, they came and got me from school. And so like, it was the most embarrassing thing. I still remember to this day, I was walking out and they like the cops, they brought me in front of the school and it was like during lunchtime. Right. So like everybody's outside yeah. having lunch. And like doing their thing, everybody's yes, whatever. And I'm walking with my handcuffs on, and the police officers are like escorting me to this to their car, and it's like in front of everybody. And so wow. I'm like super embarrassed and just like super hurt. And so like on my way to the um, police station where they were gonna book me, um, or not book me, but just take me there to write out my information and stuff like that. My mom came, and like so in the Polynesian culture, it's um, how you how do you get disciplined is by an iron fist, you know what I mean? And, and whatever is the closest to your mom or your dad. So like there, we, I mean, I, I guess while I was growing up, I got hit a lot. Um, and that's just how mm-hmm. the Polynesians do things, you know what I mean? And so when my mom got there, she just started like throwing haymakers at my face and I'm, I'm on like the table with my handcuffs on. And like, she's just going off and the cops are just sitting there like wow. just watching. And she went for a cool like two minutes. It was the craziest thing because my little, my youngest sister was with her and she's carrying her and she just walks around the corner and hands the baby off to one of the cops and just starts going to work. So it was like one of those times for me where oh, I was dude. like, dang, like I really made my mom upset and that hurt me the most, honestly. Like yeah. her punches and stuff, she had long nails. I mean, she dug into my face, but. Um, it was kind of a moment for me where I was like, dang, this is my family came from the islands, you know what I mean? And the struggles that they had to make coming to America. Right. Um, it was it was all for nothing if I keep on going down this path, you know what yeah. I mean? And so um Absolutely. just just trying to fix my life around and I was grateful to have my brother that I was talking about earlier. Uh, my younger brother, his name is Brandon. He uh he was there, he's always I mean, he's super smart. And he's always making the right choice. He's that's why he's the golden child. Like I said, you know, he's he's always doing the right thing, and he's always there to help everybody in the family, no matter what. Um, and so having him be around me, um, it really brought us closer. But it also pushed me because my brother, he's he's very athletically gifted, and so like whatever he does, it doesn't matter if it's like a video game, if he's doing a test, if he's um, playing in sports, playing basketball, we playing cricket or golf or whatever it is, he's trying to win and he's trying to do it like impress everybody type of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so 
I, I was extremely competitive with him and, and having him as somebody that I could always lean on, it was it was a true blessing for me, for sure. Oh, that's good. Not often do you hear, you know, that the older brother or the older of the two, you know, really, really, you know, I'm going to say look up to, you know, the younger brother or is inspired oh, yeah. by the younger brother. So that's good to hear. And I know this makes him feel good. Do you tell him that? Do you share that with him? Oh, yeah, all the time. I let him know. And he knows you know, how much I look up to him and, and how much of a great example he is to me. So, you know, that's my guy. That's I talk good. every day. And I'm glad, I'm kind of glad we touched on that subject, which I didn't know, you know, about when I asked you about how did you stay grounded? How did you go on the right path? Because some people need to hear that, you know, it doesn't always start from the top. You don't automatically oh, yeah. just be a good kid. Sometimes you do make mm-hmm. bad choices, but you learn from your mistakes. So without mistakes, you know, how will we do life experiences and be greater exactly. and excel at it? So thanks for sharing that with us. I know somebody needs to hear it. Just because you made one bad choice in life doesn't mean your life is over and it stops mm-hmm. there. And he's your living proof right here. Played with several yeah. NFL um, football, you know, um, what I want to say? Well, I want to say programs. Yeah. <laughs> teams, teams, program, that's what I'm looking program. for. But, you know, so I appreciate you sharing that. You didn't have to share that with us. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't want to hold you too long, Jay, but is there anything else that you would like to share with us, with the viewers, or anything that's on your heart that you just want to put out there? Just talking about how, you know, with everything that's going on, it's important for all of us, I think, to stay unified and to come together and to make, you know, everything that America's supposed to be, which is togetherness in my eyes. Um, and so if there's anything that you can do within your community, um, whether it is just going out and, you know, just talking to people, um, just educating yourself, you know what I mean? It's important to, to stay educated, especially at a time like this. Um, it's vital for all of us to feed your brain and feed your body the right things. Um, and doing those things in your community will help, you know, make this this country, you know, the greatest country in, on earth, which I believe it is. Um, but we just got to stick together and just wanted to say I appreciate you so much, Prima, for this opportunity and for this platform. You're doing big things and I'm excited to see, you know, you can you continue to grow um, yep. into where this show goes. And so appreciate you for having me on and and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to get back on again in the future. Of course. And I appreciate that, Jay. I really do. Um, and, and thank you for coming on. Thank for you, you know, after practice coaching those young fellas and then jumping on with us. I really appreciate it. You didn't have to do this. And just sharing the motivation that you did towards the end and sharing your story. Because like, like you mentioned, you know, just talking to one another, sharing your story, giving knowledge, you know, so we all learn from each other. And I appreciate that. So I just want to end it with make sure, you know, I always say this to everyone, kindness costs you nothing at all. So, you know, try to be kind, do a good deed, pay a compliment to someone, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to be nice. So I'm going to just leave everyone with that. Jay, thank you so much. Uh, continue to be you, continue to give back by, you know, um, guiding those young fellas in the direction they need to be and continue to tell your story so people don't you know, people know that just because you did one mess up or had one mistake in life, it doesn't stop you. You got to keep going. So I appreciate that. That meant a lot by you sharing that with us tonight. And as we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. 